my wife couldn't sleep. I took a strong dose of melatonin to fall asleep. The presidential debate may have been held two nights ago, but yesterday I finally tuned out of the follow-up after the chaotic 90-minute spectacle. Following the debate, one pastor I know in Oklahoma Facebooked Revelation 9:12. The first woe is past. Behold, two woes are still to come. Not sure I'll be watching the debates to come. This debate was contentious, but as one Christian medical doctor told me on the phone yesterday, I'm deeply troubled for my country. Where are we going? Meantime, the fires are going strong again in California. In wine country, Napa, in Shasta County, underneath a high-rise volcanic mountain, putrid smoke returned. Another overtone from Revelation. If you are a follower of Christ like I am, keep repeating with me, Jesus is on the throne. Welcome to Haven Today, here on the first day of October. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're continuing in a series called The Chosen. Sometimes, the simplest message can mean the world to us. I suppose that's why people still buy bumper stickers or placards for their cars. Remember Baby on Board? Or why we put election signs in our yards. I Like Ike had a simple and easy ring to it. Maybe we think that if just the right person sees our little message at just the right time, it'll do some good or change an opinion. Sometimes that happens, but not always. But there is a simple yet profound message that has the power to transform our souls and make us brand new. And that's the message of the gospel. This week, we're looking at people from the Bible who were affected by this simple message. We've been inspired by the television series called The Chosen because it gives us the chance to look at familiar biblical characters with fresh eyes. And today, we're going to visit two brothers, Andrew and Simon. Peter, he went by as well. One met Jesus and had his life transformed by the message. And then he became the messenger to his brother. It's quite inspiring. We've also been talking with a creative director who wants all of us to better understand the simple message of the gospel in a new and profound way. His name is Dallas Jenkins, and his TV series is called The Chosen. Earlier this week, I asked Dallas how he was able creatively to tell the stories of the people Jesus met but stay faithful to the scriptures. Absolutely, and I think some people who maybe haven't seen the show yet and they hear backstories or context or artistic imagination, and they think, uh-oh, you're messing with scripture. Um, and I understand that concern, but, uh, and, and I know a lot of Christians have been burned in the past by seeing Bible stories set to film, you know, by Hollywood and, and things change and it feels like unrecognizable. Well, I'm someone who's been a believer as long as I can remember. I was a Bible major in college. I love God's word. I believe it. I have no agenda. I'm not changing anything. When you see things that are from scripture in the show, um, we don't change anything. But yes, we do add the historical context, the cultural context, and some artistic imagination similar to when you're hearing a sermon and, and the pastor perhaps is giving you a passage from the Gospels and then says, all right, now let me give you a little bit of the context of what was going on here. And sometimes we like to imagine, you know, what, what might it have been like for Simon Peter, you know, who was married, for example. Those are things we don't normally explore. Our primary objective when we do any scenes that aren't from Scripture, we, we always ask ourselves, is this plausible? 
That's number one, you know, is this something that really could have happened? And then of course, what's most important is we never do anything that's going to violate the intentions of the care or the character of Jesus and these gospel stories. And, and what people are saying over and over again is that it's not replacing scripture for them. In fact, it's taking them back to scripture more than ever before. We hear every day from thousands of people who are saying, I've never raised, I've never read my Bible more than I have since I've watched the show. So, so I think that's, that's the best indication that we're really working hard to stay faithful to the intentions of Scripture. That's Dallas Jenkins, who created The Chosen, and we're going to hear more from this special series later in the program. But first, I want to give you an opportunity to get the entire eight-episode Season 1 on DVD for your generous support of Haven Today. That's well over six hours of viewing content on two DVDs. And I know as you watch this epic yet faithful to the Scripture series, you'll be surprised as you better understand the times and places where Jesus walked. Even more, I think you'll enjoy meeting up with people like Peter, Mary Magdalene, and Nicodemus, and know them in a whole new way. Call us after the program at 800-654-2836. 865 Haven. Or better yet, go to our website, watch some of the clips from this show that we have there, and then make your gift and ask for season one of The Chosen. Our website is haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And now we open with We Are Messengers. Into the night, heaven came near, wrapped in flesh. The King is here to bring us life and be our peace, to heal our hearts and set us free. Jesus, 
just now Forever we're changed Oh, stand and proclaim the glory of Jesus Oh, and see what love Originally from Ireland, they moved to the United States in 2015. We're messengers, they're called. And that was Come See here on Haven Today. And I'm Charles Morris and a program called The Chosen. I think too often we read the stories in the Bible and we can easily forget that they actually happened in real places with real people. So this week, we're given a new opportunity to think about how people actually acted when the Messiah arrived 2,000 years ago. What was it like to see and hear the Son of God in flesh? As we read the gospel narratives, we see that the message of Jesus was and is really quite simple. Simple, but transforming. Just ask Andrew and his brother Simon Peter. These were two Galilean fishermen. They were commoners. In our day, we'd probably call them blue-collar workers. And we know about their first encounter with Jesus from John chapter 1. In the television show, The Chosen, Simon Peter has gotten himself into a bit of a financial pickle that involves local Roman authorities. Unless he paid some back taxes, he might have to go to prison. And of course, that's not in the Bible. But it's not too difficult to see that something like that could have easily happened. And even as Peter is having to confess his financial failings to his wife, he's asked to take care of his sick mother-in-law. Life can pile on our hardships. Not much has changed since then. But something life-changing happens. And we know this from John 1. Andrew comes running to his brother with some really good news. Simon! Simon! It's happened. It's happened, Simon. What are you talking about? Did you run all the way from Jerusalem? We're saved. We're saved. I saw him with my own eyes, Simon. Who? It was incredible. Andrew, who did you see? The Lamb of God. He who takes away the sin of the world. Simon. We're standing by the Jordan, and John the Baptizer pointed at the man who was walking. Simon, are you listening? Yeah. Yeah, you're just not saying anything. I saw the Messiah today. The men, all of us, including you, have been praying for our whole lives. Don't you even care? Was he a big man? Big? No. 
Rich. No. It didn't seem he could bear us out of this debt to Rome. Maybe, maybe he was a doctor. No. So he can't help with Eden Zima, who's now living with us, Andrew. So pardon me if I'm not exactly jumping out of my sandals because Creepy John pointed at someone. I've lost everything. Burnt every bridge. It doesn't matter. The Romans don't matter if the Messiah has arrived. Anything is possible now. Don't you see? An excerpt from episode four of the Chosen TV series. Some of it comes from John 1. And as the episode continues, they weave in some of Simon Peter's troubles along with accounts of when he meets Jesus again that's found in other Gospels. But I'm curious if you notice the message that Andrew brought. That simple, powerful message. John the Baptist was gaining a following. He was a prophet of God. The Lord God had commanded him to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord, the Messiah. And in doing so, some were listening closely. One of them was Andrew. He and another follower of John the Baptist were with him one day when Jesus just happened to pass by. Like any good preacher, John had a message at hand. But maybe not the one Andrew expected. Look, the Lamb of God, John the Baptist said, who takes away the sin of the world. If Andrew was thoughtful and zealous enough to be a follower of John in the first place, then surely he knew his Hebrew Bible. A lamb taking away sin is, of course, taken from Leviticus. Animals were used in the sacrifices at the tabernacle, including lambs. In chapters 4 and 5 of Leviticus, we read about the sin offering. When an Israelite sinned, they were to acknowledge their guilt, confess that particular sin and present a lamb at the tabernacle. The scripture says the priest shall make atonement for him for his sin. Andrew received John the Baptist's message loud and clear. This Jesus was the lamb of God, chosen and perfect. And though Andrew wouldn't fully understand everything this meant until Jesus went to the cross and was resurrected, it was a message that changed him. When he and the other disciple of John heard him say this, we read, they followed Jesus. But second, Andrew didn't just receive the message. He became a messenger himself. The passage says the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. That's the proof of the message's power. It turns people into messengers you can hear the longing, the urgency in Simon's voice. Their long-awaited Christ is finally arriving. This should be at the center of every preacher's ministry, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Or as Paul would later put it in what he wrote, Christ and him crucified. That's why in John's revelation, he sees a lamb sitting on a throne, looking as though he had been slain. The message of the Christian faith is that God has overcome sin by first being overcome himself. He's a mighty lion, but he came like a lamb, and he offered himself in the place of sinners. That's a message that brings people to Christ, makes them right with God, and fills them with the Holy Spirit. No wonder Andrew gladly became a messenger. These days, it's tricky to be around people. So maybe 
Our opportunities to talk to people about Jesus feel like they're fewer than they used to be. But I have to ask, does this message affect the way you interact with others? Whether you're slowly getting back to normal or your social life is completely online, have you forgotten to be a messenger of Jesus? In times like these that feel so volatile, it can feel easier to be an eager messenger of a political persuasion than to be a messenger of the Christ. With so many important topics that vie for our attention, don't forget your first love. Don't forget the only message that renews your mind and transforms your heart. Don't forget that even if you were a messenger, such a high calling is a world of bad news. Last, though, there would be no message or messengers if not for the Messiah himself. In the Gospels, Jesus was almost like a magnet, attracting people supernaturally to himself. That's certainly the case with Andrew. We know from other gospel accounts that Andrew and his brother Simon Peter worked as fishermen for their father, John. Other future apostles like John and James did the same. These were hard-working men, most likely not poor, even if they may have struggled to keep up with Roman taxes. And so when Andrew left his occupation and his father in order to follow Jesus, he was making a life-changing decision. Leaving behind a good job might have seemed foolish. Leaving his father probably seemed disrespectful. But the Messiah had come, and he didn't teach like the scribes and the Pharisees. No, he spoke with an authority that they had never seen before. And in doing this, Andrew unknowingly became the first apostle of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says that the church is built on the foundation of the prophets and the apostles. Just think of that. Andrew the fisherman, now a pillar of the church, all because he heard the Messiah's message, and he believed. How might this Messiah be transforming you today, this October of 2020? Changes in our hearts usually aren't dramatic, so don't be discouraged if you see very little fruit, but look back to Christ the chosen one, the Messiah, God's anointed. His message is powerful. It leads you and me to action. It leads us to real change, but only by coming back to him over and over again. So open your heart to him again today. Follow him again. He is the Messiah, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Would you join me in prayer right now? Lord, we've looked a little more closely at the lives of Simon Peter and his brother Andrew. Andrew, the very first apostle, the first disciple to be called by Jesus. And we've looked at this television series, The Chosen, to help us understand more those people around Jesus in the first century who were called, who responded to the call, and they became the very first messengers of the gospel. Lord, we need to learn from these first century Christians, and we need to become messengers ourselves of good news, the news that our Savior, Jesus Christ, came to earth as a human being and died for our sins, paid for our sins on the cross with his very own blood. And we're waiting for him to return 
Lord, I just pray now that you would just be with us and make us Christ followers of the first degree, just like those in the first century. And we can only do that through your help, through the power of your spirit at work in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Come behold the wondrous mystery In the dawning of the King He the theme of heaven's praises Robed in frail humanity In our longing, in our darkness Now the light of life has come Look to Christ who condescended Took on flesh to ransom This is Haven Today in a program called The Chosen. That was Matt Papa with Come, Behold the Wondrous Mystery. Here on a program called The Chosen. Wasn't it inspiring to look again at the lives of Andrew and Peter? I'm praying that the Messiah's message 
has a profound effect on your life today so that you and I can be messengers of hope in a hopeless world. I want you to see their story, along with so many others found in the first season of the Chosen television series. There are a lot of options these days when it comes to streaming programs, but so many are a waste of our time. But I know as you watch all episodes of The Chosen, you'll be inspired to see how ordinary people like you and me are transformed by the simple message of the gospel that Jesus taught. So, for your generous gift to this listener-supported ministry, I'd like to send you the DVD collection, The Chosen Season 1. Call us right now at 800 654 800-65-HAVEN. Or go watch some clips from the series when you come to our website. And after you've done that, you can make your gift and we'll get the DVDs on their way. Just visit us at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And here it is, the first day of October. Let me invite you to become a Haven Partner. This is someone who agrees to pray regularly and give automatically monthly to help us as a program that's all about Jesus, to keep sharing, to be messengers. And in becoming a Haven partner, you can be a messenger too. Ask about it when you call, read about it when you go to our online site, haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me in this series called The Chosen. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again together we get to share the great story, the story that's all about Jesus on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God, this is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Immediately after his baptism in the Jordan, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. When those days of temptation were over, we then read how Satan attempted to lure Jesus away from obeying the will of the Father in three different ways. But Jesus never wavered, not for a moment. He resisted the devil successfully at every turn. How did he do it? Well, the Word made flesh used the Word of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we're tempted, we can do the same. Scripture will always cut through the devil's lies and point us back to Jesus. You can get Anchor Devotional in print at getanchor.com. That's getanchor.com.